when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sorry, Delamont here with you, the Attorney Whisperer. And uh, again, a reminder, give us a review. If you've read the book, go to trialguides.com and give us a review over there. If you're listening to this podcast and you're loving it, please give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I have a goal, people, and I want to meet it by the end of the year. And by the way, we're almost to 100 episodes as well. So as I start getting those reviews, I'm going to start reading them here uh, live. So make sure if you want to be mentioned on the podcast, go over there and give me a review. If you don't, no problem. Just give us a star review. That's fine as well. Okay, so today's is probably going to be a little shorter one. I say that and they end up being longer, but it's really more of a reminder to you (laughs) uh, or maybe a paradigm shift or a perspective shift on this this thing that you guys are doing, which is called lawyering, all right? And I want to talk specifically about courage. So when I take on new clients or people who come into the H2H membership or um, in a studio class, and I ask people what it is that they they want more of in their practice or, or what they want in their life or how how being a trial lawyer could be better for them, what they almost always say across the board is I want to have more confidence. I want to have more comfort in my own skin. I, I don't want to be so scared all the time. I want to try things and, and, and be okay with it not going well. I just, I just want more confidence. I don't want to be second guessing myself all the time. And what, what I hear when I, when I hear those things, what I actually hear is I want more courage. And so I want to define the word courage and I want to I want to juxtapose it against another word that we hear quite a bit when we're talking about these things which is fearlessness because those two things are absolutely different. Courage is the ability to do something scary and well to do it anyway even if you're scared. Fearlessness is the absence of fear. And here's where I think we get this wrong. We tend to look at trial work and the ultimate goal is to be fearless. And I don't think that serves us because that may not, I'm not going to say it's not an option, but it may not and most likely is not um, a doable outcome for most of us to say, one day I'll be able to stand in front of a jury and either conduct my one deer or give my opening or closing and I will have absolutely zero fear. And I think that many of you, when you are talking about courage or confidence, that's how you're defining it, at least in your own mind. I'll be able to do this without fear. Here's what I want you to understand is that you're supposed to be scared. (laughs) This is scary business. There is a lot at stake. You are totally, completely, 100% normal to feel scared and to have fear around stuff at trial. Now, the mindset work 
that we do here in From Hostage to Hero, the book, the podcast, the, the, the membership, is to help you train your brain and remove unnecessary fear. All right. So unnecessary fear is where you start believing the jurors are your enemy, for example, and you start creating this whole narrative around how they want to get you. And so that, therefore, I have to go in there and I have to kill all the rats before they kill me. And right, that, that creates all this unnecessary fear. We're hoping that you understand that that's not how it is. That's not how jurors operate. And that if they are operating that way, it's because you've created that. Go back and listen to the podcast episode, You Create the Juror That You Fear, because you have a lot of power here and you get to set the tone. Uh, unnecessary fear would be things like, you know, winning is the only acceptable outcome, right? So if I don't win, then this whole thing is for naught. And we've talked about how that's not true. <laughs> winning is not your goal. Winning is great and we hope to win and we do everything we can to win, but that's not your job. Your job is to fight. So when you say winning is the only acceptable outcome, that's creating unnecessary fear because you're creating this unnecessary burden that you cannot necessarily meet. Um, things like if I do lose, that means I'm a bad trial attorney. Also bullshit also creates unnecessary fear because now we're using our win loss record as a way to evaluate whether we're a good trial attorney or not. And it has very little to do with being a good trial attorney or a bad trial attorney. It, there's so many other factors you should be considering, right? So, so there, so the mindset work is all about reducing or eliminating unnecessary fear or fear that's uh, adding to the very real fear of there's something big at stake here and you want to make sure that you get it right. And that, that, that creates what I would call not necessary, but understandable fear. Okay. So, so this is a scary thing for many people. And I don't want to make, want you to make yourselves wrong about that. But what I do want you to understand is that the goal isn't to remove fear. That would be the cherry on the Sunday. And I think we, we do end up getting there through the process I'm going to describe today. But the goal, the, at least the first goal is to learn how to be with your fear. That's the goal here. That's what we're really trying to make sure happens is that, you know, H2H, for example, which is the subscription service where we practice every month as a group, Wadir, and we practice uh, opening and we practice um, putting our cases together and, and learning and growing as a group. What we are trying to do in there, and this is what I'm hoping that you are also trying to do and seeing now as the goal, is not to get rid of our fear, but to get comfortable with our fear. Meaning to get into a position over and over again. That's why I developed H2H, because I saw that the one thing that you were all missing, again, was not trial skills. You have trial skills upon trial skills, upon trial skills. No, you did not have a place to practice your trial skills and get some real good feedback, plus a supportive community. So the point of H2H or any other community that you may be in is not to get rid of your fear, but to learn how to be with your fear and operate from that place because you have different things happening in your body, in your brain, when you are in a heightened situation like that. And the only way to get better and better at being in that situation is to constantly put yourself in that position. 
So I'm thinking about, you know, a pianist, as, as many of you know, I am a classically trained pianist. I have two advanced degrees in music. And when we are talking about performing, we talk about the three different types of performances, right? So there's the performance that you give to yourself. So you may practice and practice and practice until you have the piece down, and then you are going to play it from beginning to end and see how it goes. That's your performance for you. And that gives you a certain type of learning, right? Then there's the performance you give to your teacher, your instructor. So when you go in and you have your piano lesson that week, she's going to say, okay, let's hear where the Chopin is. And you take it out, or if it's memorized, you go ahead and play it, then she critiques that performance. That's an extra level of performance. Now you've got your teacher. But the ultimate performance is the recital itself, the actual performance. You're going to perform now, not in front of yourself or your teacher, although they'll both be there most likely, but in front of an audience. And that adds a whole other level of nerves. Now, what I always told my students is that you will increase your facility as a piano performer the more you perform for yourself and the more you perform for me. But the only way that you'll become an excellent performer, a masterful performer, is if you continue to perform for others. Because that in itself is the skill that you're working on, is how do I perform in that space? Not, do I know my notes? Can I, my fingers find the notes? And, you know, how can I make sure I'm on tempo, blah, blah, blah. Those are also skills that you need to learn. But it's the skill of actually being under stressful conditions and being able to perform and access your resources and so on and so forth. That's the skill that needs to be perfected. And the only way to perfect that is to continually put yourself in that position so you can learn not to remove your fear, which by the way, often happens after repeated attempts, but that's not the goal. The goal is how do I operate in this space? How do I get comfortable in this space? And the more I speak on stage, the more comfortable I got over the years. It wasn't me rehearsing at home over and over again. In fact, I rarely rehearsed throughout my entire career. But what made me a great speaker is being on stage constantly and consistently because I got to know that space. Meaning if you had the opportunity to never rehearse and spend 100 hours on stage versus spend 199 hours rehearsing and one hour on stage, I can guarantee you right now that 100 hours on stage is going to serve you better because it will force you into the position of having to be in a stressful environment and learn how to calm yourself down and and be in the moment when the spotlight is on. And that's what I'm talking about, my friends, when I talk about the difference between courage and fearlessness. Courage is forcing yourself to do something even if you're scared and learning how to be with your fear instead of removing your fear. If you could do something and not be scared, then courage isn't needed. Courage is only needed when you're scared. And as I said, I get why you're scared. You're supposed to be scared. The things you're doing are scary, at least on some level. 
So here is my three, because you always know I give you three things <laughs> in a podcast, um, three ways of getting and growing your courage, okay? The first one is do things that scare you constantly and consistently. The people who are growing the most in the H2H membership are the ones that are grabbing the hot seats the minute that they open every month. They're consistently in there, consistently performing in front of their peers, consistently getting feedback from me, and they are the ones improving. Not because they're becoming fearless, but because they're learning how to be with fear and seeing how they operate under those conditions. The second step, so first is do things that scare you a lot. The second step is to breathe. You know, I was reading um, Gay Hendricks' book, uh, The Big Leap, and he talks about it in there. There's a whole section there. I just thought this was beautiful. He said, the only difference between excitement and fear is the breath. Fear is excitement without the breath. Meaning, and I've heard, seen this happen in the H2H groups where somebody comes in, they said, I was so scared, but now I'm done. And it, I just, I feel excited. I feel joy. This is fun. Why? Because when they started, they were probably breathing pretty high. They were nervous. And as they started going and started getting their feedback and getting the support from their peers, they started to breathe better and their fear turned into excitement. So step one, do things that scare you. Step two, breathe. Learn how to breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. The last episode we talked about body wisdom, right? Body wisdom. People always ask me, how do I breathe? You know, what's, what, how do I get my breath to breathe? Like, is it like 16 inhales and eight? Wait. Fuck all that shit. Your body knows what to do. You're just not paying attention to it. So how do you become a better breather? Pay attention to the body. Go back and listen to that one. Pay attention to the breath. Just notice it. Once the body is, gets your attention, it'll start operating the way it needs to operate. So breathe. Pause. Stop. And boy, dear, give yourself a moment to think. Don't be, don't be jumping in and trying to fill the silence because you're afraid that deers are going to think you look stupid. No, breathe. Get in that space. Claim it. Own it. Be scared and be there. Don't try to shove in words or, or shove in whatever. Just be. Learn how to be in that space. Take it in. Take a moment. This is actually leadership skill that you can be in silence in front of a group of people. Don't ever let anyone tell you that that is something that is bad for a speaker. Nope. As long as you're breathing, it's a confidence thing. And number three, repeat number one and two over and over again. <laughs> you know, I had to have a three in there no matter what. So do things that scare you and breathe. Do things that scare you and breathe. Do things that scare you and breathe. It really is that simple. You just got to constantly put yourself in positions that you start to learn how to be in that space, to be with fear and be okay anyway. Because even if you do get to the point of being fearless, right, something will come up in a new way that's new that may scare you again. So this skill is always going to assist you, again, of learning how to be with fear versus trying to get rid of fear. Now, before I let you go, I will say this, there are some things that you can put on your fearless list, meaning things that you can right now just drop away and, and just say that I do not need to be afraid of. We've already talked about some of them, but two things I wanna leave you with. First thing that you can just drop off your fear list and be fearless about is what other people think. 
What other people think is just nothing that you need to be concerned about, right? That is just something that you can totally drop off your list of worries. Somebody asked me the other day, they were like, what's your superpower? And I said, my superpower is not giving a fuck what other people think. That's my superpower. That allows me to do a lot of things, some crazy things, some things I probably shouldn't have done. (laughs) But it is one thing you can drop off your list right now about whether people like you, about whether they're thinking about you. Most of the time, they're not even thinking about you. You know, I say this in the book, but there's this meme that I saw. And it's like in my 30s, I was worried about what people thought about me. In my 40s, I stopped worrying about what people thought of me. And in my 50s, I realized people were never thinking about me in the first place. It's so true. We're a bunch of self-indulgent motherfuckers. We're always thinking about ourselves, not each other. So drop that off your list. You can be fearless about that. And you can know what you can also be fearless about. And this goes back to the last podcast. What you think, right? Your brain lies. So don't bite into too much of that either. We start getting all in our head when we're in these stressful situations. And am I doing it right? And I'm fucking this up. And I'm doing just drop that shit too. Don't put any weight to that. Learn how to be in that space. Feel into it. Breathe into it. Ignore what other people think. Ignore what you think. And just... Be there now. Doing that over and over again will get you more comfortable and give you more resources. And yes, maybe lead to fearlessness, but it's the skill of being with your fear instead of trying to eliminate it. That's what we're after. Well, I guess that wasn't too short, but there it is. Hope that's helpful. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.